Welcome to Monday Motivation with Corey Mendoza. Life isn't perfect, nor is it easy, but it can be enjoyable, fulfilling, and purposeful if we choose to create it to be so. Monday Motivations is a quick and easy way to help you create the rich and fulfilling life you desire. Your host, Corey Mendoza, is a highly sought-after speaker, coach, and author, influencing professionals to get real, work less, and live more balanced lives. Each Monday, she interviews an expert in their field to find tips, encouragement, and inspiration for your personal and professional success. Monday Motivations increases your awareness of what you can do with your current situation. Your sense of empowerment will expand, fears, doubts, and worries will vaporize, and you will see more possibilities every day. Let's dig into the next episode of Monday Motivation with Corey Mendoza. Welcome to Monday Motivations, 52 Weeks to a More Purposeful You. This week, we have my dear friend and sister in Christ, Tanya Flores, on the show. We're going to be talking about Prepare, which is week 36. Uh, Thank you for being on the show, Tanya. Thank you, Corey. It's a privilege to be with you today and talk about this um, topic that we don't really discuss much in life, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, So Tanya and I met, we were both speakers at a women's conference. And um, I remember when we had that first meeting to kind of plan that big round table, as soon as you walked in the room, as soon as you started sharing, I was just like, this is a woman that I want to get to know. And you're, you're just a powerhouse your, your love is like very deep, very rooted. So I'm, I'm really excited to spend this time together and share you with those that follow the podcast. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, it was a blessed time to meet all you precious ladies and just your motivation, Corey, um, just uh, is a beautiful way that it just ripples through the room. So it's a pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. So for those of you that don't know Tanya, here's a little bit about her. Tanya is passionate about bringing a biblical standard of care to those having difficulties with reproductive health. As director of reproductive grief care and education at Sierra Pregnancy Health, or Sierra Pregnancy and Health, Tanya leads a team of reproductive grief care advocates caring for women, men, and couples experiencing loss from a miscarriage, stillbirth, abortion decision, or infertility. Tanya also co-founded the Reproductive Loss Network, a faith-based nonprofit dedicated to educating, equipping, and encouraging the helpers who support those touched by reproductive loss. In addition, Tanya enjoys guest speaking and writing opportunities and serving as a biblical counselor in her local church. So thank you. Oh my gosh, what a unique um, expertise and work experience you bring. Um, So so I, I have so many questions that I could get off path on, but I'm not going to. Okay. I will start with, um, what did you think about this week's topic, prepare? Well, I got a lot out of it personally, first of all, which is always important, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Went right to my heart and I'm uh, excited to share some of those things with you and our um, viewers today. Um, But I love the topic. And like I mentioned, we don't really prepare well. And so um, I got out of it that, 
when we're not prepared, we can easily be overwhelmed mm -hmm. and burdened. And I think so many of us live that way. And um, it's important for us to, to think about what preparedness looks like. Um, I love that you said everything takes up space, visible or unseen. It's taking up space. Mm -hmm. And um, often, you know, even in grief, we don't think about the intangible things in our life. We often just work at the level of what we can see. And when you talked in your, or when you wrote in your um, devotion about being prepared, you also talked about those intangible, those unseen. And that's so important, Corey, because, uh, you know, worry, anxiety, um, fear, all of those things are there um, in so many of us and other emotions, and we need to work on them. And that's, you know, like you read about my bio, I work with people with grief and grief is one of those things that we have to, um, clear out for other new things, new life, new beginnings to happen. Mm, oh my gosh. That is so huge. So, um, can you maybe summarize a little bit what that would look like for a person? Maybe somebody listening. Um, yeah. Um, there's just just recently, I have a friend. She's um, her significant other just lost his father, and um, he's been super busy. And she's like, he needs to do this, or you know, like worried about him. Like, is he handling the grief? So, can from your expert opinion or experience, um, what does that look like? Yeah, well, there's a lot of different types of grief. And one of them is like anticipatory grief, where we kind of know it's coming. Um, it could be a diagnosis, it could be an aging family member or loved one. And um, we're already feeling the grief as it comes. And if we don't prepare um, well and grieve as it's here in us, it will stack up, right? And our mind can get overloaded. It's difficult to be grateful and appreciate what is in the present, like our time with them. Um, and then when the grief occurs, uh, we, um, we, we're just so burdened. And so, uh, you know, we have rituals in our culture to prepare in the means of wills and estates and those sorts of things and kind of prepare and those are tangible, right? But again, like you talked about the unseen. And so I'm glad that, you're, that your friend is checking in because um, we often don't have a language for grief. We just hurt. And so a way of being prepared is um, not being afraid of grief, that it's normal. Everyone grieves a loss. Um, one of my favorite quotes that I always mention is, um, shared sorrow is an endurable sorrow. And so one way of being prepared is having a good community with friends and family and talking about these things ahead of time and being prepared. Yeah. Um, so it's always good to be checking in with those that we know are grieving um, and uh, just giving them the space to talk when they want to, when they can, and uh, letting them know they're not alone. So I know I'm kind of jumping in a lot of different areas of grief, but um, anticipatory is just one of those that I, I don't think we talk much about because, um, when we're not prepared, it just hits us and yeah. loss is with us, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so I really like the whole, so anticipatory in, from what I'm learning, first time I've ever heard that phrase is when you know something's coming and and it, it could be a death, but it could be something else yeah. as well. Like I'm thinking my mom, she just retired. Yeah. And a lot of people, like they don't, the first one or two years after they retire is not what they thought it was going to be. It no. could be, you know, so I like the concept of anticipatory grief um, and preparing as it comes uh, or grieving as it comes. Mm -hmm. um, man, we can go down a bunny trail with that, but I'll stay on task. Um, <laughs> um, so how many types of grief are there? And can you list the ones that may be at the highest kind of categories? Oh goodness. There's, there's a whole bunch. Um, there's a really good website. Um, what's your grief.com. And they have a whole list of different types of grief. And, um, one of the biggest ones, um, that I work with primarily is disenfranchised grief. Tell me more about that. <laughs> one. I'm like, what? yeah. So disenfranchised grief is a grief that's not culturally or, or publicly acknowledged and people feel they don't have the permission to grieve. Mm. And that can be a whole lot of things. Like even what you mentioned about your mother being, you know, here in this season of life facing retirement and, you know, culturally people are like, you're going to retire. What all are you going to do? It's going to be so exciting. And, and we have parties and we celebrate retirement, but then sometimes when people settle in, they have a whole new normal. And they're not sure what to do with themselves. Like they don't have to get up at a certain time anymore. And they don't have to wear those work clothes anymore. Right. Their, their like the, sense of identity. Like that's a big one. Yes. I'm so glad you bring oh. that up because we just, we carry labels a lot mm -hmm. and just being prepared um, is so important, you know, in these types of grief that no one really talks about. So we want to enfranchise grief. We want to give people permission. Okay. Um, one of the ways that affects me um, personally in the work that I do is, you know, just miscarriage loss and infertility. They're intangible. Um, you didn't hold a baby in your arms. And sometimes all you have is like an ultrasound or a pregnancy stick that shows a pregnancy. And so people just don't know how to grieve it. And so they don't say anything at all or they say the wrong things. And we're all guilty of that. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I hope that, you know, kind of makes sense about disenfranchised as we just, yeah. we don't even know. And there's other things in, in life too, um, uh, with disenfranchised grief, but just know that when you have dreams and expectations and hopes that don't work out the way you anticipated, um, you do have permission, right? And one of those ways is being prepared and seeking out people that have maybe gone through similar circumstances. Like your mom can start talking to people who are already in retirement mm -hmm. and preparing her heart to clear out those things so she can have new things coming her way, right? Yeah. So that's a good way of doing that too. Yeah, I think, I think that is so huge because when we are hurting, 
especially if it's something like this disenfranchised grief where culturally we feel like we don't have permission yeah. to grieve. Um, we It can be easy to feel that we're such a small percentage or we're the only one. And um, I went through parental alienation mm -hmm. for years and it was something that it, it was like, everyone's always talking about their kids and then like, oh, how are your kids? Like, there was just so much. And I thought like, I'm the only one. People will think I did something wrong. You know, people would be like, were you on drugs? Like, how did this happen? And, but I found a meetup group. Then I started finding education out there, resources, association. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like a global thing. Like, we're not alone. So I, I really love that. Um, Okay, so we've got anticipatory grief, disenfranchised grief, any other um, major categories for the viewers to? Yeah, well, I think there's grief um, that's like physical, like changes in your body that you didn't anticipate. I think a lot of people are feeling that um, you're grieving your health. Um, there could yeah. be a lot of labels around that, but um, that's normal too. Uh, I know, you know, not to make every conversation about COVID, but a lot of people have experiences of long-term symptoms and just having the, um, the ability to just grieve that and give patients, you know, to your body to heal and just being prepared. I like how you did this with your, with your hands. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's one of the ways that I describe grief is like being on a roller coaster is there's twists and turns. When you get on a roller coaster the first time, you don't know what the ride's going to be like. You don't know how fast it's going to be. You don't know how long it's going to be. You don't know how many dips and spirals and all of these things. And C.S. Lewis has a great quote in A Grief Observed about how long will it go? Am I going to go up or down or spiral and these things? Um, so I love how you did that. So with physical um, grieving is just know that your body goes through times where it just needs rest. Mm -hmm. And to prepare, give yourself that space in life to have naps when you need them, to just have a down day. I think our culture just pushes ourselves we, so hard that we think rest is almost like a sin. I mean, I, I have lived that way. Where, oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Like we feel guilty mm -hmm. if we need rest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I for anybody that is a Christian, um, I just one day it hit me. I'm like, I can't, one of the 10 commandments is to have a day. I was like, okay, if you're going to pick, like, even as a parent or a leader in your home, like I'm going to make only 10 rules to make my home safe and my family, you know, optimal. What are the top 10 most important things? I don't think anybody in our culture would be like, make sure you have a full day of rest. Like yeah. that's <laughs> so important. Yeah, it is. And there's a reason why it's in the Bible is because it's a gift, right? Everything, the whole Ten Commandments are gifts. And, you know, we can look at how Jesus lived his life. He was prepared and was intentional. A, a, a lot about being prepared is being intentional and living um, in the moment, but also being prepared intentionally for what's to come. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things I was thinking about as I read um, you know, your writing on being prepared is, uh, is to be, um, not just intentional, but
but also to live um, thriving, not just surviving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. a big one. Yeah, that is. And so often, like, we don't realize that we're just in survival mode. We're in such auto autopilot. Mm-hmm. And um, I think part of preparing is reflection as well like kind of sometimes things change and we don't realize it and we keep doing what used to work for us but because things have changed in reflection we can go wait a minute that stressed me out too much I bit off more than I could chew or it wasn't enough right like sometimes we we could challenge ourselves more but we're avoiding we're staying in our comfort zone so yeah. And how can you reflect if you don't prepare to give yourself the time? Exactly. Yeah. What, what are some things um, like best practices that I'm sure you do imperfectly, not that you're like a saint about it, but like, what are some of the best practices that you try to do to, um, to be prepared? Yeah. Um, well, you know, as a Christian, I spend um, daily time uh, trying to read scripture and doing just some short journaling. I don't make it something, um, that's burdensome. It doesn't have to be. And that's a, that's a big deal. Right. Um, but it's always good to be in the word because I, I believe that's how the, the Lord speaks to us. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't live by labels anymore. I'm not my losses. I'm not my failures. I'm not even my successes. Right. Mm-hmm. I really devote my life to my faith and what God has in his greater story for me. Mm-hmm. And so he's already prepared a way. Mm-hmm. So even in my preparation, I know that he's already prepared a way that is the best. And so there's almost like a surrendering in my daily practice and best practices. That's really important to me. Um, and I don't want to carry anything that's like intangible. So I do a lot of, um, Uh, self-reflection on my emotions. Like, why am I feeling um, so stressed out right now? Why am I clenching my teeth? Where is this headache coming from? Why are my shoulders hurting right now? Mm -hmm. And just kind of tap into physically what's going on, try to find the source of, um, of my stress Mm -hmm. and uh, really trying to live in gratitude too. So that's a way to being prepared and cleaning out those emotions is uh, listing them out doesn't have to be anything big. It can even be mentally driving home from work. Um, one of the practical things I do every day is my job is heavy. Mm. I love my job, but it's heavy hearing so much grief and loss and sadness. And so when I get in my car, I don't listen to anything. I'm literally just driving home, reflecting on the day, giving what I can't carry to God and thanking him for the work that he gave me to do and letting it go. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Huge. Um, do you um, study the Enneagram at all? I don't. Okay. Um, yeah. But you've probably heard of it. I have. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that I'm recently like really geeking out on the Enneagram has to do with the different types of prayer and meditation practices, mm-hmm. depending on your Enneagram number. So um, the three categories would be um, stillness, silence, and solitude. Yeah. So certain types in the Enneagram, there's the nine types, but certain types, they're body centered. So 
practice prayer practices where they're still is important yes. more so than the silence and the solitude mm -hmm. and then other styles they're very heart centered so lots of empathy lots of emotions mm -hmm. so for them solitude is really important yeah. and then um, three of the types are head centered and i'm a head centered type i'm an enneagram seven and um, so our brains are always thinking very fast and so it's um, lots of silence yeah. So I, I thought it was not that, and we need all three, um, but, but I've been doing the same thing. I used to have music going in my car all the time, or I would always have an audio book going because I'm like, I need to be, you know, maximizing this time and keep like putting good stuff in. And it's like the last probably six months to a year, I just, I realized I feel like my soul is like stuffed. And I'm like, I don't want to read. I don't want to put more in. It's, I, I'm very particular in when I'm listening to music and what kind of music I'm listening to, when I'm reading, what I'm reading. And then my journaling has changed a lot too. Um, I used to like, you know, do the whole, the artist's way, like three page of like, you know, dumping. Yeah. Now, a lot of times I'll just bullet point. And it won't be sentences or I'll draw pictures. Like just, I just noticed that, you know, that change. So that's great. And I agree with you that there's, um, you know, ways that were made so differently. And I think also in seasons of life where mm -hmm. I know we were talking just a few minutes ago about how, you know, when we're younger, we may be more introverted or extroverted, yeah. but as we go through life and, and different things are occurring to us and, um, we're just living different levels of, I don't know, just stress, uh, we change a little bit or how we want to fuel up. Right. Mm -hmm. So part of being, um, prepared is not like you said, quit trying to stuff things in the little yes. holes that are there. Yeah. Um, one of the ways that, you know, just physically tangibly, I have piles everywhere mm -hmm. and I, I find a book and I want to read it. And it goes on the pile. I literally wow. have probably a two foot pile of books on my floor, right? <laughs> and that's such bad, bad, um, be, you know, preparedness because I can't even take new information in mm -hmm. because I'm not, you know, really mulling over what I just read, like mm -hmm. reading and just letting it marinate and saturate, you know, being prepared for new things and giving yourself that space, you know, just to, expand i mean how can we expand in our thinking and what what god has for us for those that are our believers if if we're just hedged in right um with all of the chaos and stuff in our life and so um i love that verse where you know it, it says in scripture that we're hemmed in in the front and back let god give you those boundaries he knows what's best mm -hmm. instead of a, just us packing ourselves in without giving us space in solitude and quietness and all those mm -hmm. things yeah um yeah the you know being prepared for new things i think that's kind of that that was really the main heart of this message and the example i put in the room or in in this was um i think was um if you're expecting a child, yeah. So like, so say you're expecting a child, you're like, oh, that's gonna be the baby's room or the space in the house that belongs to the baby. And 
Um, and so we, we get ready, you know, we're like, I'm going to make this into a nursery or, or even like recently, my husband, I, I built him a home office. So I had to get all the old stuff out, decide which pieces, which books I was going to keep. And, and we have to clean it out before we can put this new space together or this new experience together. So, I, yeah, I think that, you know, are we preparing for the, the vision and the hope that that's in front of us yeah. or are we just surviving and we just keep doing the same things? Yeah. You know, we're, we're holding on to that old rickety desk because we're like, well, I don't have a new one yet. Or, you know, it's, it's really letting, letting things go. Um, preparing the hope, the anticipation, the excitement. Yeah. And living crowded really Mm -hmm. hinders our ability Mm -hmm. to um, see things as they actually are, Mm -hmm. to live in reality, right? Um, Our past is important, but it doesn't have to live in our future. Mm -hmm. And um, our present day is important because often we want to live in the future and not for today. And so- just, I, I love how um, you just talk so much about leaving room for all the new and, uh, and understanding that your past has um, a place, your future, of course, does, but there's so much happening today. Yes. So don't get too crowded in there. Clean out those things. Grieve. Grieve those hopes and dreams and expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's okay to have new ones, but don't don't live life holding on like this, right? Mm-hmm. Live like this. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you're like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <All> like this. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. So, um, so what, you know, kind of tying this down, what, what are you taking from this message and, and how are you going to implement it in your own life? Yeah. Well, it was an excellent reminder for me, um, you know, just uh, emotionally, like I'm going through personally some uh, intangible things where I've had uh, a different type of anxiety for the first time, having long COVID symptoms. Mm-hmm. And I've really had to remain grounded when these symptoms come up. And so being prepared means like this, I'm going to have symptoms. My body needs to heal. Go take a nap. Go rest eat well. I'll have really good weeks where I have no symptoms and enjoy them and be, you know, have gratitude for those times. Mm -hmm. Um, so that has really gave me language, um, Corey to Mm -hmm. kind of this journey I'm on with, with my emotions too, and just being prepared Mm -hmm. and knowing that it is going to be kind of this roller coaster for a while. And that's okay. That Mm -hmm. is okay. It doesn't mean I'm any less of a person that I'm having to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And then, um, intangibly, uh, I was convicted about my piles as I was reading and I'm looking around going clean out, clean out. And I want to tell you, I read, um, you know, I read your, uh, your writing, um, a few weeks ago and I, I did that this weekend. I started clearing out some stuff and it felt so good. Yeah. Right. It just, I felt like, you know, visually I could see things were cleared out and it just helped me emotionally, um, to, to just fill that space. So I want to tell you, thank you for the reminder. (laughs) 
and I can use, um, you know, your, your writing and your motivational to share that with my clients, mm-hmm. that preparedness mm-hmm. can be side by side with grief. Yeah. I, I definitely think it's hand in hand. Yeah. 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 And I think it's really, I, I, I did not know what grief was until I went through parental alienation. And like, I, like my, my therapist said it was um, called complex Mm -hmm. grief. Um, And, and yeah, and it's really hard when you're grieving to even have a vision or a hope. Mm -hmm. It was the first time in my life that I was reading books on hope because I was like born with the ability to have hope and optimism. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time in my life that I had no hope. And, um, and so part of holding on is not having hope or a vision. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I mean, I remember I held on to so many things of my kids that were not keepsakes, (laughs) like, you know, like, all their clothes that wouldn't fit them or, you know, my husband and I, um, we bought a house together and both of my kids had bedrooms <laughs> for a long time, like years. And, um, so it, it took a long time to prepare for a hope and a vision that was based on reality, mm-hmm. not denial and, yeah you know, that pain. And so, um, yeah. 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 And it's a process. So I want to encourage everybody. It's a process and don't put a timeline on it. Mm-hmm. You know, being prepared, um, can even be a process, mm-hmm. you know, yes. and, and it's okay. Grab a community of people that have been through similar circumstances Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, everyone's unique, so they have their own uniqueness, but there's so much to learn from one another. We're not to be alone through our struggles and, um, and then share with other people. It's a part of making uh, meaning to what yes. we go through, like you and yes. I sharing what yes. we go through, yep. help somebody else be prepared. And they may not even know anything about being prepared. Yeah. And you can lovingly ask them, what have you done to kind of uh, have that pathway for what's to come. And they're like, I am just breathing. Yeah. Right. And you've talked so much about hope and being prepared and looking ahead, knowing that we can't control many things, mm-hmm. but we can control our choices. Mm-hmm. We can be prepared. That's an action, a tangible thing that we can do. Mm-hmm. And that will give you encouragement that you can do something by being prepared. Yeah. even in the midst of feeling like everything else is like a whirlwind. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this is so great. I know that um, so many people are going to want to learn more from you. Um, you know, what, where's the best way for people to reach you and, and who should be reaching out to you that could benefit the most? Yeah, well, um, I'm a biblical counselor at my church, so I do um, help people with a variety of just life issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a website, just just tanyaflores.com. Um, and, and, and so Tanya. Sure. Yeah. T-A-N-Y-A, mm-hmm. F as in Frank, L-O-R-E-S.com. Mm-hmm tanyaflores.com. And um, okay, so, and then can you work with the public? 
um, in terms of counseling or only through your church or through um, your organization or how does that work? Yeah, if it's, it's, it's for grief, um, uh, that's primarily what, you know, I come alongside people with. So uh, we have, um, you know, all our services are free where I work at Sierra Pregnancy and Health. Mm -hmm. And so if it's for grief, that's really, you know, um, uh, my jam, I guess, you know, so that's Sierra, it's S-I-E. We'll, we'll type that in. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Sierra is really a great place. And um, you is know, it going to be out of state? Yeah, we do remote care. I have somebody I'm going to refer to. Yeah. And I have a team of advocates. And so we, I have a male advocate because men and women grieve differently. And sometimes, yes. you know, we just uh, are, are, you know, men just need to talk to someone and, um, and not a woman. So mm -hmm. I have a, a great male advocate. Um, but you know, if people just need some help, like where to get, you know, guided and other things, um, I've got a lot of books. I could just have a conversation with yeah. someone or an email. So mm -hmm. sometimes people just need that email. Like, Hey, I've got a lot of stuff going on. I don't even know where to start. And I've got a lot of resources here and I can help in a lot of different ways. Mm. You're so wonderful. Oh. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, I know everybody enjoyed Tanya. So check her out at tanyaflores.com. And uh, let's see what we got going on next week. Ooh, next week is week 37 and it's going to be on stretch. So Ooh, we will yeah. see you all next week. And thank you again, Tanya. Thank you so much, Corey. And thank you all for uh, watching. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Monday Motivation with Corey Mendoza. Did this conversation spark something in you? Did you have an aha moment? Share it with us by writing a review on this episode on your podcast player. Help us get the good news out in the world and help others find this podcast by giving it a five-star review. And be sure to subscribe to the Monday Motivation with Corey Mendoza podcast to not miss the next episode. To learn more about Corey and her brand, Volition, visit choosevolition.com.